Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Seven wins and a draw from the last eight games. Attacking players, scoring goals for fun and an exciting style of football. Ground made up in the title race and European football secured beyond Christmas. All of this adds up to a reasonable last few weeks for Celtic as they continue to build under Ange Postecoglou. So, on this latest record podcast, we'll look at how Celtic are progressing at the moment, where they're heading for the rest of the campaign and just exactly where they are sat at the moment. Joining myself, Craig Swan, to do this, a record sports Michael Gannon, Celtic legend Chris Sutton, and I believe possibly the Celtic legend's dog, depending on how often he comes in and out of the room. <laughs> Boys, how are we? Are we well? Who are you talking to, the dog or...? <laughs> oh, the dog, oh, don't, don't boy, don't boy. <laughs> <laughs> how are we, boys? Are we good? Yep, good, yeah. I mean, it's uh, unusual doing a Celtic podcast because there's not too much to, to moan about. It's all positivity. Well, not from my point of view. I don't know. I don't know from Mick's point of view. He normally has a grumble or two or sees <laughs> us at the downside in things. But it's all been it's all been OK, hasn't it? Well, that's the question. I suppose I might as well just crash straight into business. Chris, that's the first question I'll ask you. Uh, the period, the, the, just the immediate period finished between the October and November international breaks. Celtic had six wins out of seven and at home and in Europe. Would have been seven out of seven had George's Giacomakis scored a penalty against Livingston. So what have you made of that? It was an important period. Uh, Ange Postecoglou said that himself at home and abroad. It was They were going to have to get some results together. What do you make of, of, of how it went? Um, well, when, you know, when you, you know, think, Going back to uh, the Aberdeen away game, and there were Celtic fans who were uh, who were saying, "Well, if Celtic don't win at Aberdeen, then uh, then maybe we should be looking at a different manager and a change." That was that was utterly ridiculous. And you know, the the important thing was to see the the progress, which uh, I think that uh, the, the the players had made since the start of the season for new signings to uh, to bed in and. You know, Celtic are finding a bit of a rhythm, and I think we've seen that. I'm not saying that Celtic have cracked it in any way, shape or form. There's a long, long way to go, but we've seen a consistent run of results. The disappointment being not picking uh, up a win against Livingston had the big opportunity. In fairness, didn't create a lot of chances on that day. But, uh, you know, that's the importance of patience. Now, I know Mick isn't the most patient person in the world. You know, it's all about instant success. But... (laughs) I think Celtic are heading in the right direction. I think we've we've seen that. And and you always have to take it back. I don't care what anybody says, you always have to take it back to the start of the season and what the what the manager had to deal with. And he had to deal with a hell of a lot. Michael, short yes. patch or a sign <coughs> of a consistent run to come for the next few months? 
No, I, I think it's been a, a, a slightly surprisingly positive period. I, I had What's surprisingly, Mick? Because I'm looking at after the, the Leverkusen game, the, the drawn it against United at home, going to Aberdeen, like you mentioned, I thought, you looked at the fixture list coming up, Aberdeen was before the international break, then that, that period afterwards, you're looking at Hibs away, Mull away, Ferns Varos twice, Hibs... I, I just thought this is going to be a, a really, really crunch period. I think if you go back 12 months, Celtic had gone on a run a game of about seven or eight wins in a row under Neil Lennon, but they weren't convincing, they're losing bad goals, and it looked what, a bit why shaky. Why are you going back 12 months, mate? No, because we're I think... Talking, we're talking no, about I'm, a new, I'm, a new I'm, manager, manager I, who's come in, who's had a lot to do. I know, but what I'm doing is because I put it in context. I put it in context. To the I'm last in context. We we sat we sat a year ago at that point in time saying the tough run of fixtures come here. This is going to get bumpy. This is, this is not sustainable. But as other point of view is, Celtic this year had a bad run up to Aberdeen. I think they won two games out of eight, and we thought this next P is going to be crunch for Celtic. But they've came through it. I mean, seven seven wins out of eight. The one game they did not point Sims, the one game you actually think was a banker during that period. So you've got to give them credit. They've came through that period. We, we thought it was going to be a crucial period in terms of his, his um, managerial start. And Postacolos came through it with flying colours. I mean, I've like, listen, I've got to say, I've been quite impressed the way they've done it. Like you say, there's, there's slight things you think you could, you could take issue with. I think defensively in the last couple of games have been moments again. Having looked as though they were much more solid, they, they seem to have gone back a wee bit. But that's but they've got the results and they're looking good going forward. So I think I think you have to be impressed with the way they've come through this period. I had my doubts. I thought it was going to be a difficult period for them. And they've, they've kind of surprised me a wee, a wee bit, I must admit. We'll go through the departments one by one as as we go on um, through the podcast. But just, just an overall view, um, who would be the ones who have shown through the period for you, Mike? Obviously, you know we'll get to Kyogo and, and Jota. They've grabbed all the headlines. But any any anyone else in particular that you think well, made a real impact? As we know the headline, like say Kyogo. I think Jota has really come on his own this period. Now he's settled. I think the surprising one for me as well has been um, Carter Vickers. I think he's actually grown mm-hmm. um, through this period. I think he's looked a lot more... I think, I think at the start... This was unfair, the guy. We chucked into the, into the mixer, having only played 90 minutes um, for Spurs. I think it was 87 minutes and he got injured for Spurs this season. What do you mean, so, you, think, what do you, mean you think it was 87 minutes? You no, was it, know that, or you it know? was 87 minutes he played, yeah. So it was <laughs> that's a hell of a random number to just think of, isn't well, it? Well, I'm not going to... <laughs> around about, <laughs> I'm actually played for Spurs... <laughs> Um, but he didn't look he didn't look so clever did he when he first came in but he's he's settled in now and he, he looks a lot more solid I think he's been quite good in the recent weeks uh, not so hot at, at Downs Park the other day but I thought uh, in general he's been pretty good um, Jota's the one isn't he though Jota's the one that's really starting to kind of step, step out now isn't he um, was it 14 games 6 goals 6 assists that's that's proper numbers for a guy that's only in the door as well um, he looks he looks a real deal he loves, yeah. a number, yeah. he, he loves a number. He'll be, he'll be there talking. we go, Chris. How's that for stats, Chris? Yeah. We're talking XG in a minute, like your Paul. Oh. <laughs> Chris, you're a huge fan of Kyoko Furuhashi. Um, give us an insight as a, a as a striker of, of some repute yourself. Um, what his what his qualities really are? What what if you were playing alongside him, for example? What's what's the great strengths that you like about him that you can see? I think that everybody can see that, like the impact which he's made on the on the whole club, the team, the support. The manager obviously knew him well from uh, from his time in Japan. I think that uh, that he his movement is top draw, really, really top draw. Now we know he has great pace, but the timing of his runs and you know, I mean, it's a fascinating watch in the game. You know, he, he just catches your eye as a player, really. 
and uh, you know, at, at uh, I mean, he's not particularly old, uh, but but for a player of uh, of his age, was he mid twenties to, to have that that timing? You know, he's been he's been well coached. He's taken things on board. Uh, I think his hold up play is is very very clean. I think Celtic's issue with him uh, and and uh, is that. They have to play, or he is most effective as a central striker. I think we'd all agree on that. And it's the, the Giacomacus, uh issue, which can be an issue for Ange Postacoglu, is how does he get both of them into, into the team? We saw what the manager's thought process was against Livingston, where Giacomacus, uh got the chance. Um, and so I understood, I understood that to some extent, but it just, it just sort of poses the question that... Kyogo, I know he's had a lot of football, but Celtic can't afford to leave him out of the side. Maybe do what they did at the weekend, get themselves ahead, and then think about taking him off and uh, and resting him. But that's you know that's the issue for the for the manager. But uh, no, I think all the other players just get uh, a real lift when they know that he's starting. A really really good finisher. I mean, blimey, for for a guy who's who's pretty short as well. I mean. His header at the weekend was uh, was pretty emphatic, wasn't it? So, you know, he, he's a, he's a must keep fit for uh, Ange Postecoglou. Michael, do you believe, as, as Chris has suggested, that it will have to be either or regarding Kyogo or Giacomakis, or do you think that as a way the manager would be able to play both of them? I didn't say it was an either or. Can I just say, I, I you know, it's just the way that. Uh, that Ange Postacoglu uh, teams are set up. You know, he normally plays with the central striker. Now, he may think that he needs to, or one central striker. He may feel at times there are games he can go into and they can adapt. He may play Kyogo off a wide area where he isn't so so effective. But So, so you more or less said it as an either or because Kyogo's more effective. Uh, I'm like, saying... Well, isn't going to play off a side. Not, not, not unless he changes the system. Mm-hmm. But all I'm saying is, is Kyogo isn't as effective off the wide area. I think he can do a job, as we've seen, and it, you know he's he's pretty neat and tidy. But uh, you know you'd rather you'd rather have a Jotter in a wider area. You'd rather see uh, an Abada in a wider area who looks more effective than him. But maybe there is a place at times for that. See, this is <clears throat> this is maybe the actual concern, isn't it, with Celtic? Because. Celtic are not the same team without Kyogo through the middle or even on the side. I mean, like you say, Chris, if he's out wide or not playing, Celtic aren't the same side. We've seen it even in, in games when he made the parts. He's not the same side. They're so, they're so reliant on him because he has been so good. Um, I just think I'm a wee bit concerned. I think I think the manager is as well. That I think at some points this season, Jack Marcus is going to have to come in and lead the line and give the guy a break when he's played 42 games since March. Kyogo has double with um, Cameron Gray's played this year. This season without a break, so he has to get to. The, he's got another another twelve games till the winter shutdown. He's got to kind of hang on to January to get a break. So we're up fifty odd games by that point. So it's going to be a hard slog for him. That's this is why I'm, I would say he's got to be. I think Postecoglou has touched on this. He has to be managed. So he won't be able to play every single week, maybe, or play full ninety minutes every week because it is getting to the end of his the end of his season or beyond the end of his season really. Um, so it's up, it's up to Jackie Marcus to be the guy that can come in in certain games and lead the line and, and, and not be too different in terms of the way Celtic set up and where they play at the moment it looks like Celtic don't look like the same team without Kyogo so that's a slight area of concern um, 
But it's still early days for Jackie Marcus. I actually think he's looked half decent. I know he had a stinker against Livy, but he's penalty kicking and he's set up straight after that. Um, and it might have given him a bit of a, a bit of a knockback that one. But I think he's actually looked okay. So I think he might do do a job eventually once he is, is more settled. But it remains to be seen, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's probably early days for, for people to be making judgments on him, Michael and Chris. One guy whose judgments have been made on quickly and unlike, you know, Kyogo's travelling around the world, as are many Celtic players through the current international break. Jota, however, will get a bit of time to rest up. Um, he's been hugely impressive, Chris. Uh, I think every Celtic fan on Sunday at Dundee, they were singing, chanting, sign him up, Celtic, for whatever the fee is now. That was one of the things they were chanting, yeah. Well, yeah, there was other things that weren't so great. Um, is that, listen, you don't, you want, first of all, the positives. Um, he's been fantastic for Celtic so far. He's scoring goals, he's making goals. Yeah, manager's only as good as his signings, isn't he? And, you know, we've, we've you know, we've, you, we've you said that. recruitment, recruitment, recruitment yeah, all the way. If you said and, that, and this is yeah. another good example, isn't it, that the manager. And, and since we've been doing this podcast uh, for however long we've been doing it, you know, it, it's it's been a hot topic, hasn't it, recruitment? Uh, I, and there's no doubt the manager, uh, Ange Postacoglu, will get things wrong. Um, but I think he's got a lot right, but it's early days. But I think it's, uh, you know, it's a pretty obvious thing to say. But, you know, Celtic need to somehow get Jota tied down. Uh, now, you guys, uh, you, you know, you you guys are the guys in the know. I mean, do Celtic have first option? What's what's the situation with his contract? I'm not sure there is a situation of first option. I think he's just basically on loan. And I'm pretty well, sure... Yeah. And that's pretty, the problem then, isn't it? I'm pretty it? sure if his agent's any good, he'll already be sending videos here, there and everywhere. Yeah, and that's a problem then for Celtic, isn't it? I mean, it, it, in many respects... Uh, not saying he would have exceeded expectations. I mean, Ange Postacoglu would have liked him and Kyogo, you know, two players who were highlighting now to come in and and really smash it as they have done. Uh, but of course, the, the danger of that is the situation which could possibly happen where other clubs will sit up and, and think, blimey, he's a player. What, for six and a quarter million? Um, is it euros or pounds? Because it is that... Is pounds, that, pounds, yeah. I don't know what the exchange rate is. I know mix. It won't be good up on on stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, I mean that that's nothing, is it? That's nothing. So you know, you, you you think of clubs down south, six and a quarter million. You know, that's that's a throwaway for a lot of clubs on a development player. And uh, fact of the matter is, Celtic need to move quickly. The, the one thing which they have it strongly in their favour is this is a guy who's come over, he's playing with a smile on his face, he's enjoying his football, but fact of the matter is Celtic need to move and, and, and get this deal done to lose Jota. Uh, I mean, that's, that's been a bit of a, a, a problem position for, for Celtic, hasn't it? So the last yeah. couple of seasons, that left-hand side, and now they, they have a, somebody who they can put in and... and, and uh, Ange Postacoglu can rely on him to perform week in and week out so that Celtic just need to find a way to get it done Before we get accused of, of moving a guy on before he's barely in the door um, yeah. everybody knows he's going to be there until the end of the season in May, that's that that's nailed on so j- just for the, you know, just for this period, just for this season alone has he already shown the importance that he's going to have 
in the next six months. Oh, listen, without, without a shadow of a doubt, listen, I, I, I know me funny, I, I, I don't know if those stats earlier on, six goals, six assists, there's some wingers in Scotland that don't, don't get that for the season. Um, and that's like numbers that, well, that's like the numbers, not, not last season, that's the numbers that Ryan Kent had his first two seasons at Rangers. Um, it was comparable for that, it was like six and six. Last year, I think he got ten goals and more assists. Um, Kent, his numbers come up last year. But that, he was seven million pounds, so that's your market. So a 6.5 million quid a steal for Yotta. Um, listen, it's hard. It's hard because it obviously also depends on him. At the moment, we spoke to him a few times in the last few weeks, and he looks like he's absolutely loving life at the moment at Celtic. I mean, you can't hide it. He's, he's absolutely buzzing. Um, he's content. He's enjoying his football. He's playing every week. He's got a big role on the side. He's enjoying himself. But it's up to him. I mean, Celtic can hit the option and say we'll, we'll buy him for six point five, but he's got to say yes as well. Um, and if he doesn't, then that's a bidding, a bidding war somewhere else. So it, 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 it's it's sorry having that right to buy, but whether or not it can actually be much use depends on the player. Um, but the, the good, thing, the good be, thing for Celtic just now, Michael, is he appears to be fully focused in, the, in his football, as, as you have suggested. We well, so you spoke to him. You spoke to him too. I mean, what the impression you get from it is he's, he's really, really enjoying life at the moment. He was, at, he was asked. He, he was asked after the game in Budapest straight out. Um, you know what his what his thoughts were for the future, and he just said, "I'm I'm just concentrating on the now." That's yeah, just, he's being cute. He's being cute. He's got to keep the options open. To concentrate on the now and concentrate what I'm doing on just now. And there was no sort of, you know, dodginess about the answer. He just he seemed to be. I'm concentrating on my game, and that's all I'm worried about just now. What yeah, any chance of a follow-up question from you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Dear me. Here we go. Couple of chefs on five live, and he's Chris, <laughs> <Chris> <laughs> one of the most Please. effusive players to interview in history. <laughs> Yeah, we got a lot of follow-up questions in at you back now. My word, my word. Are you were hiding in the dressing room and away, hope you're... Yeah. 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 Can you get a nod for a rock horse? answers. Can you get a nod for a rock horse? There's only so many times you can listen to yes, no, yes, no. What a couple of whoppers I've caught there. How times change, how times change. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Let me get you back at least for that dog of yours. <laughs> we've gone, we've gone through the attacking options of the team. Um, midfield, Tom Rogic was a loss for 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 a few couple of games before the uh, this current international break. Um, Callum McGregor, David Turnbull, obviously are the ones who are carrying the burden at the moment. Now Beaton's coming. Is this an area where Celtic are going to have to make moves in January, Chris? Yeah, I think, and uh, I mean, Mick will have all the information. He's like a walking, talking stats back this morning, isn't he? It's uh, called kind of research, Chris. called research, Christopher. Have you done my research? That's very good. It's taken you 15 years. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think that Ange Postacoglu will go back into the Japanese market. I think it's an area uh, where... Celtic uh, are clearly short. Another injury or two in there, and you know, to the likes of McGregor, um, Celtic are in big trouble, and it will, uh, you know, it'll cause them a problem. I, I actually think that near Beaton is a is a bonus. He's a plus, but I think I've seen you write this before, Craig, and possibly Mick, is that Celtic lose um, lose the the sharpness, the quickness of passing when McGregor isn't playing in that pivot role. Uh, while Beatons can go in there and do a job, and I think physically, you know, he's a, he's a decent player. Uh, I th- think Celtic are missing something when McGregor isn't playing there, albeit he can play up one pretty well, 
I'm really pleased for Tom Rogic, uh, a player who looked like, I know that everyone says, well, the manager knew him, but his performances last season, um, it looked like he it may be the end of his Celtic career. I think he was linked to, uh, linked to a move in the... Um, in where was it uh, Qatar or somewhere like that? Yeah, uh, and things didn't happen. But that's that's to Celtic's advantage, and we've seen him um, really grow as a Celtic player this season and been a massive, massive plus. But that central midfield area, I mean, what Celtic can't do, it's been a you know, I think it's been a, a trying start, a good start. What Celtic can't afford to do is is rest on the laurels and think, do you know what, we're doing okay. Doing okay isn't finishing second place in Scotland. So for Celtic to kick on a couple of signings to to improve the first eleven uh, are a must in January. And in fairness, uh, Chris, the manager has made it clear um, in the past couple of days that and, and over the past couple of weeks that he knows the positions that need strengthening, and he's already making moves to that effect to get things in place mm-hmm. to get signings in quickly. In January, so Celtic fans yeah. should be encouraged by that. Yes, Michael should be. Oh, I mean, I mean, you'll know that the middle of the park's the, the problem there. Just now, um, he's heavily reliant on. So you make, I mentioned McGregor, Turnbull, Rogic to start of the season. Rogic's not played a full season in, in seven years, so he, he's never going to play the full season. He's out just now. Uh, Beaton, Weston Beaton's a squad guy. He's, he wasn't good enough to nail down a, a starting place four years ago, five years ago. He's, he's not good enough to nail down one now. Um, Soro doesn't yeah, a bit unkind, to... Mick. A bit unfair that I think. I think that. Uh, well, why is it? He's not. He's not done it, Chris. He's not nailed done a starting role unless there's been injuries. So it's, it's uh, that's not my opinion. Look, that's the master opinion of Brendan Rodgers, Neil Lennon, and Ange Postecoglou. Where I have a bit of sympathy for him is he came to the club as a central midfield player, and I think we've all considered him as a centre half. And he's, you know, remember the sort of joke at, at the start of every season where Neil Beaton would be playing a, you know, as as a centre half in a Champions League qualifier, and Celtic were always short. But he's, he's now playing in a position which I think. He prefers. Does he do uh, as good a job as McGregor? Absolutely not in there in terms of the uh, the quickness of passing which Celtic require. But I think that uh, that you know you're calling him a squad player. He's a terrific squad, squad player. He's a terrific squad player. He's two, he's two players in one. That's why he gets new contracts all the time. Listen, he plays he's played 25 times for Israel at centre half. So you can't say he's not a centre half these days. He plays there for his country. Um, Where did this pocket come from this morning? <laughs> Honestly, I just, I just know my stuff. XG from MG, mm-hmm. <laughs> But what I'm saying is, he's a, he's a great squad man because you've got a centre half in standby and you've got a centre midfield player in standby. But he's not the long term solution. Um, I think Celtic do need a, an anchor man in there in the middle part. I think McGregor's actually better, slightly further forward. I thought in the, in Hungary last week, uh, I thought he was excellent, absolutely superb. Strong for the third goal, just terrific. Um, I thought all night it was great. His quick feet, he moves the ball. He gets a great at moving the ball from um, from the back into the front areas. I think McGregor, in a slightly advanced role, I think is is is, is more useful. I think than, um, than but, that but kind do, of deep line. Do, do we agree, as we said on the night, Michael, that that might be because it was a European away tie, and when you have a situation as Celtic faced against Livingston at home, when the opposition is not quite so expansive, that it needs to be a little bit quicker paced. McGregor playing in the pivot as Chris has suggested where Rogic run about a 10 to be a bit more creative. Is that fair? 
that the midfield balance was perfect for an away European tie last Yeah, I, I take that. I take that point. I, I, I still think Beto. I think Beto came out a good game in Hungary, but I think yeah. the first in twenty minutes he wasn't he wasn't great. He's not particularly aggressive or, or, or quick either. Um, I, I just think McGregor in a slightly more advanced role. You get both sides. You get the you get the running, the energy, the high pressing things like things like the pressing game. I'm talking about. Every manager now loves a pressing game. You don't get that from David Turnbull and Tom Rogic. So Portugal wants a pressing game, but the front three need to do it. Just the front three, you're not getting that second wave in behind them. So it means that the front three after an hour are completely burst. And we've seen it in the last few weeks. The front three had to come off the last few weeks because they're absolutely shattered. Because they're the ones doing the pressing. And they don't really have in behind, unless you've got a McGregor in there who does pressing all day long, no matter where he is on the pitch. So that's why I like him in there, because I think Turnbull and Rogic in certain games, listen, like you're saying, Swanee, in certain games, yeah, let them go and play. In other games... You need a bit, of, a bit of legs in there as well. Um, I think McGregor's great at that because he does both. He's a football player and he's a runner and he, and he can do all that. But I, I still think they could do with a big anchor man, a big, a big someone in the middle of the park. And Scott Brown is, is, is obviously going. You can't get an R Scott Brown. That's, yeah, that's but Scott point. Brown. Scott uh, Brown um, didn't have the pace of passing that McGregor has. What, what's what's been a disappointment for Ange Postecoglou is. James McCarthy, really, and the mm-hmm. fact that you know he hasn't. Got up to speed. Always seems to have a knock. We knew he had, we knew he had massive injury problems before he came to Celtic. But I think that that's been one of the signings where you'd look at it and say, well, you know, he needs to do better. Sorrow. Uh, as can well. McCarthy it's, still salvage it, Chris? Well, can? of course he can. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, playing three games on the spin would would help. Staying fit would help. Getting his fitness up to speed. Um, you know, he, he, he hasn't looked mobile when he's come on and he'll know himself. I mean, Celtic signed him on a long-term deal uh, and, you know, Ange Postacoglu will get some signings wrong. And I think he came with a big reputation, boyhood fan and everything, understand all that and what it means to him to play for Celtic. But he needs to get out on the pitch and show the player which he once was. We haven't seen it so far. Maybe if he gets himself fit and, you know, this period... Um, you know, it's a really important period for him to, to use these couple of weeks and uh, and get himself up to speed. Seamless link, Chris. James McCarthy and Joe Hart were signed on the same day. The influence of one, as you've just suggested, hasn't been too much right now, but the other one seems to have made a big impact. You weren't sure about Joe Hart when he signed? How do you, how do you assess him now? I think he's done really, really well. You know, the issue, well, not the issue he had. I mean, what he had strongly in his favour was Barkas and Bain have just been so poor uh, in the Celtic goal. And, you know, it was a low bar, but he's come in and I I think that uh, he's been a massive boost. Now, there have been a a couple of errors in there, an error at the weekend um, against Dundee. um, But... I think that he's brought a uh, a calmness, uh, an authority at the back. And Celtic just, you know, you watch Celtic and with the greatest respect to Barkas and Bain, every time they were in goal, you thought Celtic are going to concede a goal. I don't, I don't feel the same with Joe Hart. And that's, you know, I think that's an enormous deal. Uh, I think his experience has been important. I still have the odd moment when Celtic are playing around at the back, but I, uh, and, you know, they make a mistake, but 
there are going to be mistakes um, just with the consequence of the way that uh, Ange Postacoglu wants to play his football. It's 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 high-risk football at times, the way he wants to play out from the back. And Joe Hart is put under pressure. I mean, he was... He was... Uh, uh, he was sort of re- released or not released from Manchester City, but you know he was he was put down the pecking order at Manchester City because Pep didn't think he was good enough with his feet, you know. And uh, I, I think that he's shown that he's you know okay, that he is capable, still has his moments. But I think as a whole, I think he's been an enormous signing and a, and a massive plus for Celtic. In fairness to Joe Hart, I think half the midfield players in the Scottish Premier League aren't as good with their feet as Edison. Um, so that's so what he was up against a bit. Michael, can you expand a little bit on something that you spotted from Joe Hart when we were in Budapest that was off the television cameras when you were at the game? It wasn't something in a that, pub, was it? So, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was definitely away from the cameras. <laughs> something that, that was noticeable throughout the night. Yeah, I was wa- I actually wa- I was watching Joe Hart closely in uh, in Hungary just to see just to see his influence and all that stuff, and he was he was absolutely berating folk left, right, and centre. Uh, he chewed up Tony Ralston at one point and, and gave him a, a roasting but he actually he actually went and slapped Josip Janovic at one point on the wrist he literally went over and slapped him on the wrist <laughs> I think it during that kind of um, uh, early period in the first half when he started a bit ropey and across and gave him a, a wee slap so it was, it was absolutely it was good to see actually some of that presence like the really kind of old school kind of just berating defenders and all that stuff it was um, I mean you look at I remember you mentioned Barkas I don't think we seen him make a peep last year um, like I know it's hard for him coming from a different country and all that stuff but it just it just oozes experience confidence presence doesn't he leadership presence Actually, he makes, he makes the odd kind of clanger, but I think he's done that all his career. That's, his, that's what he's done all his career. But that's like I, I don't understand why people were even slightly kind of um, reluctant to get on board with Joe Hart at first. This guy's got 75 caps for England. Yeah, One English yeah. Premier League. I mean, he, like, he lost his way a little bit. Yeah. I mean, a wee bit, know, I think he, he, had the, he had the spell at Burnley, didn't he? But he you know, he wasn't yeah. he was third choice at, at the end at Burnley. Uh, but, you know, fair play to him. I mean, you know, players have come north of the border and resurrected careers in the past, and uh, and and he's an. Who are you thinking of there, Chris? I'm just. I'm not thinking of anyone <laughs> but, in particular. Well, but I think it's, you, I, I actually like the fact that uh, you know, reading about um, when he signed, and you know, he didn't have a second thought. Spoke to the manager, wanted to come up, was positive, wanted to play, didn't want to sit down as a lot of fat cats do down south. On a on a sack load of money and just play uh, reserve team football under twenty ones uh, sorry under twenty three football or whatever you want to call it was was committed. He's an aging player, you, you know, wanted to go and test himself in a difficult situation because it's it's uh, it's a nightmare position, goalkeeper for Celtic. You know, it is you, you you go through long spells in the game where something doesn't happen, then you're under pressure. All of a sudden, a goal goes in, and and, and you get berated. It's uh, you know, it's a it's a high pressure position, and and Fraser forced to raise the bar uh, as a Celtic goalkeeper it was absolutely tremendous for Celtic. But I think Joe has come in, and uh, and you know, Mick used the word assured. I think that that's that's the way I think Celtic fans would would view him. There's a confidence in him that he's not going to do anything. Too daft. There, you know, there is the odd moment, as I say, a consequence of the way that Celtic play. But in the main, I think that's that's another one of the signings where uh, Ange Postecoglou has pretty much nailed it so far. Talking of 
uh, signings and people putting pens on pieces of paper. Tony Ralston signed a new deal last week. Michael, going to throw the bothy on the spot. Should he be with the Scotland squad? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Go on. Yeah, listen, he's, uh, listen, we're all slightly surprised that I mean, the, the Ralston has, has, has come back into prominence this year. I think he looked as though he was his way out in the summer. Uh, had some, a couple of loan spells that weren't particularly impre- not impressive, really. Um, but he's listen, fair play to him. He's, he's, he's embraced the new regime at Celtic. He's been terrific. I mean, his performance at Dens Park on Sunday was unbelievable. I mean, he's absolutely sensational. He's still he's still a bit rough and ready, still a bit raw. Um, but it seems to be the manager like, doesn't mind that kind of um, from his full-backs. Um, so, yeah, listen, is he, is he one of... I mean, Scotland, looking at Steve O'Donnell, Nathan Parson... Tony Ralston, I, I think he's, he's he's got to be. I mean, would would Steve O'Donnell get in the centre team right now? I don't know. I don't know. I like Steve O'Donnell as a player. Would he you, get you, now? With that loaded question, Mick, you're obviously saying he wouldn't. I like Steve O'Donnell, but I think Celtic signed Steve O'Donnell uh, last year when the chance. Um, but at the moment, would he get in again ahead of Tony Ralston in the centre team? No. So therefore, why would he get ahead of him in the Scotland team? But he's got a proven record for Scotland, so I get that. I get that. Steve Clark likes him. He's done. He's done the business for Scotland. But should Tony be in the squad? I think yeah. I think Ralston should be in the squad. I think he deserves to be. And Patterson's um, not playing a lot of football. He's only played. I mean, he's still only played less than twenty games. Uh, he's a talent, right enough. The boy's a talent, Patterson. Um, but he's not played an awful lot of football. He only started one league game this year for Rangers. Um, so yeah, I think I think Ralston's worth a place. Um, he's certainly letting one down. That's for sure. Be nice, to get a, be, be nice to get a Scottish player in the Scottish squad as well, wouldn't it? Rather than Australians. <laughs> It'd make a change, it? wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why, why do you think we're qualified? <laughs> I, I see. I see that Scotland could. Uh, I, I saw they could possibly get Livramento and Gallagher as well. Connor Gallagher. Listen, if you're if you're Granny around the world, Chris. Good Scottish name, Livramento. If you're guys from the Gallagher, you're Scottish, you're in. <laughs> I give you Declan Rice. <laughs> we shall move on. Um, <laughs> another question on Tony Ralston, Chris. Um, are Celtic seeing the best of Joseph Juranovic at the moment? Because he's no. on the other side. And what will happen in January? If most people suspect Greg Taylor also received a new contract last week. There is a lot of suspicion that, that, that Ange Postecoglou might go for a left back in January. If so, does the big money signing Joseph Juranovic switch over to, to get the best out of him? Well, how do you see that whole thing playing out? Uh, it's good to have two good players fighting for one position, isn't it? Uh, yep. Ralston's come from nowhere. In, in fairness, nobody saw him progressing to the level which he has done this season. Um, fair play to him. It's not ideal for Juranovic, who's probably thinking, well, I signed for Celtic to play as a right-back. I'm doing a job at left-back at the moment, and I think it's an adequate job. But there's no there's no doubt in my mind that Celtic are, are lacking a little bit of balance because he's a right-footed uh, left-back, likes to come in on his right foot. Can he use his left foot? Yes, but it, you know, it, it's not the same. And... You know, you're quite right. Greg Taylor signing a contract. Uh, there will be, I think, you know, we all probably thought, well, does that mean that he's going to be first choice? I still think that Celtic need to sign uh, uh, a left back of real quality. And I think it's an area of concern. It was last season. It has been for a while. But it's an area which I'm sure Ange Postacoglu is looking at, whether he signed Greg Taylor or not. Greg Taylor is neat and tidy. 
but I don't think he's the answer, and neither do I think uh, Juranovic is, is the answer at this moment in time. Needs must, and that's why he's playing there. Should most people stay fit, Chris? It's, it's a question that you're probably going to be asked a lot between now and then, but if uh, you've said midfield uh, for strengthening, possibly left back there. Striker as well, would you be looking at three in January? You think it needs more, less? No, I think Celtic are fine in. I think Celtic, uh, they've got two strikers fighting for that one position uh, against Ferenc Varos uh, and again at the weekend, Celtic are you know, changing their front three. James Forrest coming back is a massive, massive bonus. I think Giacomacchus, I, I, I feel for Giacomacchus because he scored a barrel load of goals last season. Uh, you know, it was a player who clearly was full of confidence last season. He just can't get the game time, uh, but he will have the point to prove. Um, when he does play, he just needs a run of games. And that it's a difficult balance for uh, Ange Postacoglu, who tried it at the weekend or the other week against uh, Livingston. And I, I understood the thought process. A team camped in and where Celtic are going to dominate the ball, but didn't maybe get enough crosses into the box and uh, didn't, didn't pepper the Livingston goal enough. And Mikey Johnston, uh, I like Mikey Johnston. I do. I think he's such a talented player. Um I just think that he needs to to be more consistent. And uh, th- there's so much in there. I just don't want him to become a show pony. He has he has lovely feet. I, I want an end product, more of an end product for Mikey Johnson. And that you might think that that's a little bit harsh, but I think he's such a talent and can do things most players uh, could only dream of. But there has to be an end product with him. It's okay having all the sort of tricks. But, you know, he has to assist. He has to score goals and maybe take a leaf out of Jota's book. Before January arrives, Michael, a huge pace. We'll, we'll finish on this, guys. And thanks very much for your time, both of you. Um, a huge period, December through to the turn of the year, or November, December through to the turn of the year. 12 games for Celtic, last two Europa League ties, nine league games, possibility of a, a cup final if they can get through the semi final. How do you assess where it's going, Michael, and, and, and how do you think Celtic will do through this next period? Well, this this week could be absolutely crucial because not just because what's happening at Celtic, what's happening across City at Rangers as well. Um, we don't know. By the time this goes out, Rangers could be without a manager, which could shift everything in Glasgow as well. I think we all thought Celtic would be transitional this season, but if this if there's a change at Rangers and upheaval there. This period now could actually be a, an absolute shift back towards towards Celtic because you've got 12 games to Christmas. They've got Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs and Rangers all at Celtic Park before Christmas, before the break. This period is absolutely monumental. And if there is a, a, a shift and an upheaval across the city, all of a sudden, all bets are off. And the kind of like, acceptance to this season is going to be a year of transition and maybe a year too early for the season. Celtic, Celtic have to look at themselves, Michael, surely. They, they do. Well, I've just said that. They've got Aberdeen, Hibs, uh, Hearts and Rangers all at home in this 12-game spell. They, this is an opportunity for Celtic. They should be seeing this an opportunity to put the foot down and get into that New Year break right at the, at the, the top or near the top of the table. If they are, it's game on at that point. Because the January window, they a chance to tool up, bring in a couple of reinforcements, and then it's, it's just game on. I think all of a sudden the expectation levels change again and we could have a right good tilt for the title in Scotland this year. Mm. Talking, about a shift, talking about a shift, Swanee there, I mean, 
So uh, Mick started the pod really quite negative about Celtic. Now, you know, now he's, he's ending the pod. And massive, mass, massive opinion shift there. So Celtic Rising to a crescendo, Chris. Yeah, that's right. Well done. No, I'm sceptical, but you know it yourself. The balance of power in Glasgow can shift quite quickly. And yeah. losing a manager uh, mid-season could be, could be seismic for Rangers. Let's be honest. That could be... I mean, if they lose the manager yeah. an entire backroom team, that, that puts Rangers in a bit of a problem, doesn't it? Yeah, of course don't, it does. Don't have yeah. a lot of money, don't but, have a lot of money but, to strengthen in January. But, but in many respects, Celtic, and, and this is the point, is that Celtic, you know, just have to concentrate on their own game and, and focus on, on their own performances. And that's what I think that they have done under the manager, where, OK, the early start of the season, things weren't going well, but the guy deserved the chance to, to build his team. And I think he has done. And I think we'd all agree that we've seen progress. And that has to be the most important barometer. Results, of course, seconds last in Glasgow. But eventually, through performances, the results have started to, to come. And I think that everybody, you know, no matter what job you're in, you, you deserve an opportunity to get your... You know your feet under the under the desk and a chance to build something. And and now his players, Ange Postecoglou's players, are getting bedded in. Celtic are looking a better team, but you know they still have to improve. And I'm sure I'm sure that that will come. But we're seeing a level of consistency now in the performances which weren't there at the start of the season. Why? Because of a bit of continuity, consistency, and the managers had time to work with them. Once again, top-level consistency from you two boys. Thank you very much for your time this morning, Michael and Chris. And Thank Chris's you. dog. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, all, for listening. Good luck.